Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. It's the NBA Prospects Podcast on the Believe Podcast Network. Rob Bruin, Troy Rose, we're back in the yeah. building on this gracious Tuesday. So glad to be around you guys. Troy, tell me how you feeling, brother. Feeling good, man. Uh, we've been away for a little while, handling our business. But it's always a pleasure and an honor to be back here with my good brother, Rob Bruin. So uh, it's an honor to be here, man. How you feeling? I'm feeling good. I'm just glad you finally say my last name right. You feel me? That's, that's what I'm happy about. <laughs> <laughs> no, I ain't going to lie. For, for the longest, I used to call Rob Bruin, Rob Brew. He's like, like, bro, bro there's an I. There's an I <laughs> between the in. U and the N. This all. I'm going to start man, calling you Rose. No, nah, man, just me? Rose. Just Rose. Nah, last Rose that. I know got caught wearing fake Louis. Ha. <laughs> <laughs> All right, guys, just a quick heads up for you. Bronny James turned 16 years old today. Big shout out to him. J.D. Davidson commits to Alabama University. He's a five-star commit. Jimmy Butler has been killing it, dominated game three. We're going to talk about the things that he needs to do to get another W in game four tonight. And Jalen Ramsey and Golden Tate end up scrapping it up at the end of the game. Very, very touchy subjects. So, Spicy. guys, Oh, yeah, very, very spicy. So as we said before, Bronny turned 16. Very happy for him. Blessed to see 16 years of life. Some people don't. You know what I mean? And uh, it's dope. We just need Bronny to stay off that weed. <laughs> as Stephen <laughs> A. would say. Yeah, man. You know, happy birthday, Bronny. You know, a young, talented young man, the son of one of the best basketball players to play this game. And we understand he's 16, so he's young. He's going to enjoy himself. He's going to have fun. Yeah. I mean, he's going he gonna to do what he feels is uh, of interest. But, again, I mean, if you're going you're gonna, you're gonna to fire, man, stay low. You know what I mean? Stay low. Stay under the radar. Stay focused. Focus on basketball. Focus on the thing that's important. And, again, don't advertise it for everybody. That's, that's, that's the dumbest move you could ever do. Yeah, the, the most important parts of that, you know, not to bash him or give him a hard time is Bronny clearly lives a different life than many other people do. You know what I'm saying? Everyone likes to do their thing, whatever it may be. Um, and I'm not, no one to cast a stone at you or anything like that. But like you said, you got to keep it low. Whatever you do, um, our generation has to understand that even a younger generation, everything doesn't have to be recorded. You know what I'm saying? There's so many times where you just have to live in the moment. Just have fun. Do your, do your one-two with your friends and, you know, keep it pushing. So, yeah, man, stay low, stay in the gym, and do your thing. Happy birthday, young fella. Absolutely. Now, his brother, Mikey Williams, transfers to North Carolina, Charlotte to be exact, to Lake Norman Christian School last year in the 2019-2020 season. Mikey Williams averaged 30 points per game, seven rebounds, and five assists. Young man's a baller. With him going to Lake Norman Christian School, what you think about that, C-Rose? Do you think that's a big deal? Is that a big loss for San Ysidro? And um, does he really make Lake Norman Christian School a, a better competitor now? Well, without a doubt, that's definitely a big loss. Because when you look at the, the skill set he possessed, you just read off the numbers, 30 points, seven rebounds, five assists, and honestly, the top kid in his class coming out of, uh, if I'm not mistaken, the class of 2020, class of 2023. So him being one of the top coming out of that class and what he can produce, his skill set, being able to score off the jump shot, being able to get to the rim and be explosive. I think it's a tremendous game for Lake, 
for Lake Norman Christian. So I've also done a little research and when I look at how he's been so heavy on the, the HBCU train, I do realize mm-hmm. that uh, North Carolina Central was a school that offered and that is in his top 10. He's not low. So, so you know, <laughs> I, I'm, trying to, I'm trying to, you know, maybe connect some dots in that sense, if that's still a possibility mm-hmm. for him. But who knows? We'll, we'll yet to see. And obviously we hope that high school season is going to get underway here soon and we'll be able to see him in, in a new uniform. And, again, that's a big game for Lake Norman Christian. And uh, I'm sure he's going to show out and do what he always does. Yeah, it, it was just a pleasure to uh, see Mikey. He was on the news platform uh, earlier last week, I believe it was. And he just said that this was the best decision for him at this time. You know, he had to maneuver. He had to make a quick decision. And um, obviously, I don't think anybody of his caliber has even went to a program like this before. So it'd be good for him to put them on the map, give his teammates exposure. Maybe we'll get to see some new players that were never on the radar now be able to have a chance and, you know, have some spotlight on them. And um, it, it puts pressure on his teammates now to, I think, produce. You know what I'm saying? When you're playing along somebody of, of his stature, you, you got to produce because Mikey Williams is coming there to win. So um, huge shout out to him and – uh. We hope that he continues to progress and everything goes well with their program. Now, Dior Johnson leaves Oak Hill after a foot fracture. The Mm. team says that he needed a second opinion and he needed to rehab back at home. I think that that's a big loss for Oak Hill. It seems as though it's indefinite if he'll return or not. And Dior Johnson is, uh, I mean, in class of 2020, what is it, three or 22, I believe as well. And he's a huge part of this class. And we just we just want to see him do well. So just to see him be hurt like that, we know that's a part of the game. But um, I think that's a big hit for Oak Hill if, if he doesn't return. And when you look at the injury, a foot fracture, that's something that you always want to make sure you get a, a second opinion about because your feet are something that you have to always be on, especially mm-hmm. being an athlete. So you want to make sure that you're doing the due diligence, you're going through the proper rehab. As someone who has suffered a lower leg injury, I know that that rehab in itself can definitely be be a tough uh, process. So, you know, getting a second opinion, doing what he needs to do for his health, I think is the best situation. But I also do think it's a tough loss for Oak Hill because this kid is so talented and so promising. But you have to always make sure your health is where you need it to be. Otherwise, you can never be the things that, that Oak Hill expect from you. Troy, let me run this by you. A lot of people think that these high school talents now are getting too much coverage. Because me and you both know there's a lot of, you know, talent that is dominant in high school and we never hear from them again. Do you feel like they deserve the type of coverage, the media coverage they're getting? And is it is it too much? Well, I feel like with a lot of the different platforms we have now, it allows them to kind of create their own their own hype. It kind of creates it kind of allows them to build build the hype and everybody get on board if it's something that they can see. So again, when you have platforms like IG, it allows players like Mikey Williams to Flores, Dior Johnson, because kids get to see them, get to watch them at any time. And it I don't think that it's wrong to give them this coverage and these expectations because they are talented young men who have dreams and aspiration to play at the next level. So that's no different than a lot of the guys that came before them. The only difference is it was no social media and there was no huge coverage as like we see it now. But I think that with the outlet of social media, it kind of creates this hype and this coverage and it just gives us more basketball to follow at a, at an earlier age. So I don't think that it's wrong that we do, but I do think it comes with more expectations for these young athletes. Yeah. I have to agree with you 1000% on that. I think it puts more pressure on them as well to be better 
you know, with having all of these lights around on you and just seeing what you're supposed to be in terms of ranking and things of those nature. Um, I, I think it's good. And, and to be honest with you, there are some players that aren't going to be that guy on the next level. So, you know, being a basketball fan and a basketball realist, I think that, you know, you got to give them their flowers. You're the best now. So if you get to enjoy that moment, some guys are going to be the second, third option. And as we know, it's very tough to get into the NBA. So um, I'm all for it. And even as that league, that um, law comes into their image and likeness, that even comes into play. I even saw a post on the gram that said that Mikey Williams, when they bring their image and likeness to light and they finalize the law, he would have have started making $2 million per year already in high school. Mm -hmm. So you have to think, even if you're not the man, if you can make that type of money before you even get to college, why not? I mean, that's no different than what we see with these development leagues. When, when guys start going to now with the G League and being able to go there and get paid for their, their performance or go overseas and pay and get paid for, for their productivity at young ages, you're starting to see it now. Like, if you're talented, if, you, if you're promising, people are willing to capitalize on it and, most importantly, the talent itself. So it's no surprise, but if that does come into, come into play, we're going to start seeing a lot of young and successful athletes oh, yeah. make money before they even make it to the – the big leagues, if it be college or the NBA. So, you know, we have to see how that goes up, goes for a lot of these young kids. J.D. Davidson, Alabama native, commits to Alabama University under coach Nate Oates. This is a big deal. At least the first thing that pops out to me, Javon Quinterly, Jersey native, played at Villanova last year, didn't get a lot of burn. He, I believe he was a four-star recruit, a.k.a. Jelly fam. I think that this is great. J.D. Davidson is very explosive, current Gatorade player of the year for Alabama. I mean, Alabama, got they stole one. I'm not surprised at all that he stayed home because why would he go anywhere else, you know? And um, he's putting on for his town, man. I think that this is going to be great for college basketball. We just have so much to look forward to, you know? And, and J.D. Davidson is going to be a great stud, man. And he's very quiet. Not not very humble. He doesn't really speak a lot. He has a great work ethic. And um, I, the last uh, five-star recruit, just to throw it out there, that they at Alabama University had before him was Colin Sexton, which is obviously mm-hmm. on the Cav- Cleveland Cavaliers right now. So um, I'm, I'm excited for this. Eddie Davidson is a baller, man. When you, when you look down, like you said, being a Gatorade player of the year, the numbers that he's been able to produce last season, mm-hmm. 33 points, 12 rebounds, five assists. And this one really stood out to me. Six steals. That yeah. shows that he that shows that he's doing Active. it on both. He's doing it on both ends of the floor, not just looking to score and get buckets, but he's looking to make sure that he's hitting the hardwood. His hands is up. He's alert and he's getting up. He's doing what he needs to do on the defensive end. So I like seeing that. And looking at the schools that he overlooked to stay home. We talk about Auburn, LSU, Memphis, Michigan, Kansas. So all these big name schools that that he overlooked to be home and hopefully be able to produce and do well and do something good for the hometown team. So I'm definitely excited to see what this young kid is going to do. I like how humble he is. He's very quiet. He's not super active on social media. You know, he just does what he needs to do as far as playing basketball. And I can respect that. Yeah, man. I think he might be like the, you know, the, the second rising of like the, you know, the Russell Westbrook era maybe. Cause the current uh, guy that we could look at right now, in my opinion, I feel like, John Morant has Russell Westbrook bounce and quickness. 
but he has a way better shot, you know? So it's just good to see another guard that's on track to, you know, to handle that spotlight like that. Ryan Mutombo, the Kenby Mutombo son, is going to follow in his pop's footsteps. Georgetown commits 6'11", 215 pounds. The class of 2021 is in the building. Number 15 center. I mean, I'll let Troy give you guys the his stats for the year, but he's a stud, man. And, and what the game is really missing right now is the big man. That's why everybody's so excited for James Wiseman to come into the league. You know, because I feel like that's what the game is missing right now. Having a player that plays with his back to the basket and lets one through four handle all of the outside shooting. That has to be a man that dominates the paint. And I really feel like that's what college basketball and the NBA is missing huge right now. Yeah, Ryan Matumbo, he, he's a true talent when you talk about the numbers, him averaging 24 points, 12 rebounds, and his last one following in his father's footsteps with four block shots. As we know, his father was one of the best rim protectors that the NBA ever saw. And just to follow in his father's footsteps going to Georgetown, and, and I love what Georgetown is doing here. When you look at some of the best big men that we've seen in the game, they've been produced at Georgetown. So when you talk about Dikende Matumbo, when you talk about Patrick Ewan, when you talk about Alonzo Mourning, these guys have all come from Georgetown and all their sons have actually gone and played basketball or are going to go play basketball at Georgetown. So I love how they keep it in the family and, and do what they need to do to keep these young talents rolling in. And I'm excited to see what he's going to be able to do as he goes and rep for the Hoyas. How do you really feel about that when NBA superstar talent brings their offspring back through their collegiate program that they run, run through? Do you ever want to see them go to a different program or do you like the fact that they're continuing to, you know, to keep it in the family? Well, I want them to go where they feel like it's going to work. And if they feel like Georgetown is a place where they feel like it's home, their comfort, and they're going to get the love and hopefully the playing time that they desire, then go for it. And obviously having those ties and having those connections work well in your favor at times. So I think that it, it, it works out in most cases, but in some instances it doesn't. But I think this is an instant where it will work out because this is a true talent and being there at Georgetown and represent for his family and the legacy there. Rest in peace, John Thompson. I'm mm-hmm. looking forward to seeing what he's going to be able to do. I feel like I'm on the fence about it because it's, cause it's kind of like in, in my perspective, I think that the offering should have their own identity. But then again, it's also good to keep it in the family as well, too. Like when we look back on Patrick Ewing Jr., he was small. He was like 6'5", six, 6'6", six, six, and he struggled. He was nowhere close to as dominant as uh, his father. And, you know, didn't even really have a chance. I, th- I think he might have gotten drafted into the NBA. I'm not 100% sure. But he was just nowhere close to the comparison of the player that his father was. So I feel like when you go to a different school, you kind of just create your own lane. You know what I, I mean? It's still going to have the comparison because, I mean, your father's a superstar. But um, I kind of feel like when you're in your own school or a new space, you, you just, you know, do your own thing. I mean, yeah, I can understand that. I mean, that I, I'm a prime example as far as that. I mean, everybody in my eyes felt like, well, you should go to Michigan. And I'm like, well, no, I want to go to Michigan State. I want to create my <laughs> own land. I want to do my own yeah. thing. So I understand that aspect. But, I mean, again, you always have to utilize your abilities to what works for you. And if those connections or if those ties or if that family bond is where you feel comfortable of playing and utilizing your talent, go for it. So, I mean, every situation is going to be different, especially when you talk about Jordan's sons being 
being going up like, <laughs> their dad being probably the greatest man to ever do it ever. I mean, that's a lot of yeah. pressure so in that aspect i can only imagine how Bronny feels or you know what i mean or how zaire wade feels when your when your father is of that stature and is that talented expectations are going to be high there's going to be someone who can who can live with it and rise above and there's going to be some who kind of don't live up to what we expect but if they happen doing what they feel like they should be doing go for it yeah, man. So everybody, y'all stay tuned in. J.D. Davison is on the rise. Ryan Matumbo's pulling up as well, too. So y'all stay focused and, and locked in on that as well. Big Ten basketball, we will be returning in November. The Purdue's of the world, Michigan, Michigan State, Indiana. We're very excited that they'll be returning to the big screen in November. And Troy's very excited because Michigan State Soon to be Imani Bates, hopefully, will be in the building. Not this year, but a couple years to come. It's just big, man. I'm just happy that it's coming back. I'm very excited. College basketball. We now have college football. Just to mm-hmm. get that that high school feel, that high school energy. And, you know, Big Ten basketball coming back is going to be big, especially in November. It's going to be at a good time. Football is kind of coming to a groove within the conferences. And I think it's gonna. I think it's gonna be exciting, and obviously it's gonna be some changes as far as fans and you know what we're used to seeing. But I just think it's gonna have possibly the same feel that we we feel right now with college football, and we're excited to have. We're excited to root for our teams and show support for the young athletes. And I feel like it's gonna be the same energy when the basketball season comes back. So of course I'm gonna be happy, and I'm gonna be there cheering for Michigan State and representing for the squad. Go green, go white. And of course, looking forward to seeing, I'm looking forward to seeing how it goes, man. Shout out Tom is up. <laughs> man, that'd be dope if we could get Tom on the show, man. I know that would make your day. Man, don't get me, me hyped like that. Yeah. So much is going down in the NBA right now. Heat, Lakers, 2-1. The Lakers are up. Jimmy Butler was balling in game three. 40 points, 13 assists, 11 rebounds on 14 of 20 shooting from the field. Listen. Like that. He's like that. He's real, recognized, real. And and I just want to tell y'all, Jimmy is the first player to outscore, out-rebound, out-assist LeBron in a single NBA Finals game. It's a stat. It's not everything. But it's just something that we should all be aware of. I have the Heat winning tonight, whether Bam comes back or not. Uh, I think Jimmy has, and the Heat, they have the momentum. You know what I mean? I think that they needed just, I think they really needed to see themselves win the game so that they could have that courage and that will to feel like they could pull another game out. Because what I'm thinking is they pull out a game tonight, and now Bam hopefully can, because he's still questionable, he's doubtful for tonight, probably be a game-time decision. If they can pull out tonight, I think the season is, not the season, the series, excuse me, is even now. And I'll be 100% honest. I think the Lakers are going to win. I just wanted to see them go all the way to seven, in my opinion. Yeah, uh, hats off to the Heat. They were aggressive off jump. AD struggled in terms of fouls, 15 points. So that was a huge, huge factor into how aggressive he would stay throughout the game. LeBron is going to be who LeBron is. KCP has to be more involved. Danny Green is literally just running around. Like, (laughs) <laughs> like this man and it's not it's, it's not to talk down on his game because he's a great shooter he's a winner he has like two or three championships if i if i if i'm correct i know he has one with one or two with san antonio he got one with the raptors and now he's in another winning situation yeah danny green just has to be better i'm not one to throw money out there but for you to make 15 mil a year and like 
just not be producing. Like I, I have a running joke that he makes one three per series. It's a little exaggerated, mm. but like. After he hits one three per game, I'm not really looking for him to get anything else. And it's weird because he doesn't he doesn't attack the basket. He's a decent defender, but he's like shooting over and over and over. I think it was last game or the game before that. The Lakers were in transition. He took a three. They tipped the ball back out, gave it to him again. He took another three. It's like, Danny, your shot isn't falling. Go to the basket. Create some contact, get to the free throw line, get the rhythm going, and maybe we'll see the three fall from there. But I'm not really sure what the Lakers are on, and I really don't like how they walked off the court and Frank Vogel tried to clean it up like he didn't know what was going on. Well, I'm going to acknowledge all of that. But first things first, I have to acknowledge the performance that Jimmy Butler put on. When you, when you talk about getting a triple-double in the finals, I don't think we've seen numbers like that since Shaquille O'Neal. In a minute. In, in the early 2000s. So – Yep, definitely have to commend that performance. And I'm looking forward to possibly seeing the same tonight. But I do know that Bam Adebayo has been upgraded uh, to questionable as if he's going to play tonight. I would love to have him out there on the court. But I always have to question, now if he's out there, do we still get that same Jimmy Butler? And I think that if that's going to be the case, if we're not going to get that Jimmy Butler and Bam going to play, I'd rather Bam take, take as much time as he needs to possibly – get himself together because what we, what we have to realize is he's dealing with two injuries, a neck strain. He still has the, the harboring shoulder injury. So I think that uh, rest is what he needs. We know that Gordon, Gordon Dragic is very, very doubtful as far as even coming back in the entire series. So I think you want to make sure that Bam is getting as much rest as possible, but you also don't want to let it slip away because a team like the Lakers, they're good at going back to the drawing board figuring out what they did wrong. When I look down at those numbers, Anthony Davis, only 15 points. But one that stood out to me is only five rebounds. I think that when the Lakers are the team that's out rebound, I think that's when they lose. And you need guys like Anthony Davis to be clashing, hitting the boards, Dwight Howard, JaVale McGee, who didn't even play last game. I think you need those type of guys, if they're going to be out there and being productive, that they're going to be able to rebound the ball. So – I'm looking forward to seeing what the Heat's going to do. Tyler Hero, he showed moments of, of triumph and, as you know, moments of being a hero. And he had 17 points last game. Jay Crowder, he's able to be productive at times. But Kelly Olynyk, he's going to have to step up and be big, knock down shots. He actually had a pretty solid game with 17 points. Uh, Leonard, we're going to need him to do a little bit more. He's going to have to rebound the ball and help create second-chance opportunities for the team. Duncan Robinson, knock down open shots. Be productive. You know, move the ball, but most importantly, feed off that energy that Jimmy Butler is going to give you. So I'm looking forward to seeing what type of game it's going to be. The Heat letting, it, letting them know that you guys are not about to just walk over. You're not about to just pounce on us. That's not what we're here for. We fought nah, hard. So we're fact. putting in work just like you guys are. So it's going to be a hard-fought series. So hopefully Bam does come back because he is a big, big, big help to this team. We talk about playing around the glass, being able to score, becoming a defensive presence, especially in guarding guys like Anthony Davis. So – I'm excited to see how things turn out tonight. You said something real key there. When we talk about the Lakers, that's one of the scariest things when it comes to, to be honest, LeBron. When he goes back to the drawing board, it's scary because the type of adjustments that they make is just sensational. Like we can go back to game seven when um, they closed out the Nuggets. He had 38 points. 16 rebounds and 10 assists. That's an adjustment, a huge adjustment, right? So when we look at the Heat, I think Tyler Hero has to be better. 
I mean, that 17-point game uh, that he had in game three, it was good, but they need more. First game, he looked like a deer in headlights. I get that he's a rookie, you know what I'm saying? But he's in the moment. He has to step up. He got to rise to that occasion. He, I mean, if you're going to be a hero, <laughs> you got to be that. You know what I'm saying? So I think that he really has to step up, get more comfortable. And one thing I can say about Tyler Hero, though, into his defense, he's relentless. No matter what type of first half he's had, he comes out aggressive in the second. And when I say aggressive, I mean he's continuing to shoot. He's getting in the passing lane. And the best part about Tyler Hero that I love is he's a shooter that can create his own shot. He does this slow hesitation that freezes everybody, and I don't understand how or why he does it, but he literally knows how to create that space, and he can finish with both hands. I think when you when you say that, him being a scorer that can also create, it reminds me a lot of Devin Booker. Obviously, Devin Booker being a way better ball handler, but if that's something that Tyler Hero can continue to work on, I see, mm-hmm. I see a bright future for him because the shot is deadly. The confidence is high, and if he can continue to work on his game, getting his, his ball handling up and his confidence mentally and physically, then, I mean, we got a player that we need to watch out for for years to come. Absolutely. So when we, when we look at what's happening, who do, you, who do you have winning tonight for sure, and what's going to be the key factor for either team that needs to win? Well, I'm pulling for Miami tonight, and I think the key factor for them is going to be consistency. You're going to need to have Jimmy Butler be able to produce the same way that he did last game. I'm not saying that it has to necessarily be 40 in a triple-double, but I'm going to need at least 25, 30. I'm going to need those rebounds, 8 to 10 assists, facilitating to those teammates. And guys like Tyler Hero, like we just said, him to be confident, knock down the open shots. If you can get to the basket or get to the rim, that's another thing Miami did well, getting to the line, being aggressive. So if those guys... Tyler Hero, Jimmy Butler, along with some of those role-playing guys like Duncan Robinson, Kelly Olenek, if he's getting big minutes, if Bam does not play, I think that those are going to be key elements that the Miami Heat are going to have to focus on, knocking down open shots and stop allowing so many transition points from the Lakers. As we know, they're the type of team, when they get it off the glass, they're ready to go. They're going. They They dominated the game last performance with rebounding. Only one I think that was in double figures with rebound was the LeBron James for the Lakers. So if they can able to dominate the glass and get points in transition and stop the Lakers getting in transition and keep AD off the boards, they have a good chance of winning this game. Now, I just got to throw this out there real quick. Tyler Hero didn't have the best first game, like I said. But in the last two games, he's had 17 points each. And another big help for the Heat has also been Kelly Olenek. Game two, he had 24. And last game, he had 17. So when we look at that, now I think that opens up the door for the Heat as well to be even deeper now because Kendrick Nunn wasn't playing before as much, and now they have Kelly Olenek. So it would be good to see. Maybe they'll put Kelly Olenek and Bam Adebayo in to play bigger and stretch the floor as well. So that's something else that we could look for. But I do agree with you. I have Miami winning tonight, and I'm going to put you on the spot. I'm going to make you give me a score in a minute. I'm going to go 118. 112 Miami. And don't don't okay. pick one number down for me. Don't do that. Okay. Don't go 117, 111. Don't do that. You make you're making me want to put some put some, <laughs> some put some dollars down on these numbers. Don't but, do that because uh, you know what we do. Don't do know, that. Last, last game was 115, 104. <laughs> so yeah. I'll go Miami 112, 101. Yeah, that low one. So you see, you see, you see defense tonight. I see defense. They okay. have, they don't, they have, they only have one on four last game. It's not so. Yeah, barely. You're right. You're not so. Okay. 
We could tap in with that. What are you seeing from Kelly Olenek, though? Are you surprised at his style of play? Are you uh, surprised at his contribution? Do you think that he's been playing well or you feel like he's doing what he's always, you know, been doing in the NBA? Um, well, when you get the minutes, you hope that you're going to get the productivity. So when you look at last game, him playing 31 minutes, him being a big guy, him being aggressive, and being able to space the floor. He's someone that you could trust down low to get rebounds. I think he had seven last game. But he also took a step from play from behind the arc, knocked down the three. He was three for five from three-point land, too. So mm-hmm. when, you, when you're able to get those minutes and get those reps, you're going to get that confidence. And I think that this is a player who's we've never doubted his questionability. But when you're behind someone so talented like Bam Adebayo, you tend to forget. And I think, yeah. we're, just able, I think we're just getting a, getting a chance to see that he, he understands that he can – He's a valuable player in this league, and he's a valuable player for this team. But I think defense is going to be his key. We know what he can do offensively, but, I mean, we, we have to watch out for Anthony Davis. Even though he struggled last game, I'm sure that he's, he's going to come out with a vengeance and aggressive tonight. So that's going to be uh, big for him tonight, Kelly Olenek. And the last thing I'll say on this is I really feel like something I noticed about Jimmy, one, he doesn't talk a lot of shit until, like, you the sure? end. When he no, he you does. Sure? No, he does. But what I notice about him, he doesn't talk crazy during the game. Like sure? him and Bron, him and Bron had a they had a little something, but Jimmy doesn't talk a lot during the game. Oh, he, he might have a little. He was doing chirp. He was doing some chirping. He was chirping. Game. He was chirping, and Hero was snarling a little bit. You know, the meme is already going. Oh, oh, what was he saying? <laughs> he, he, in, he in trouble. <laughs> he in trouble. I could have sworn I saw that. Jimmy say that because Bron said. Because Braun said they in trouble. Man. I mean, if you tell me I'm in trouble, I have something to say to you, too. Mm-hmm. That's this song. is a man's world. I, I, it is, but it's not heavily talking, though. Like, you got what, somebody what, like what, what Pat I mean, Bev I mean about the whole game. Well, Pat Bev don't give you the numbers that Jimmy give you, either. We're not comparing So, so that's talking so that's, about, ha- so that's talking happening. about that, that's, talking. That's, that's Patrick Beverly's game, because... He's not a strong offensive player. He's aggressive on defense. So his game is getting into your head. Right. You know what I mean? Like Jimmy Butler, his game is being a scorer, being a facilitator, doing what he needs to do for a team, you know, not just a role. So you don't necessarily need to always hear that talking. But Jimmy's going to let you know he's out there. He do that. But that's there. my point. You're proving my he, point. You said he – I said he doesn't does talk a talk lot of trash, trash he during does. the game. He talk trash. I know but that's neither here nor there. He's a great, he's a great player. He's a great player, so he should. Okay, that's fine. I'm just saying that to say, I noticed early on in the playoffs, he likes to get his teammates involved, and then he'll come around at the end and and you know bring everyone together. But game three, he was aggressive off rip. Mm-hmm. Game two, he was aggressive as well. But I think he's noticing in order for them to have a shot, he has to be on from jump. He can't wait. Because he doesn't have the luxury of leaning on the AD. Although he doesn't have a very deep team, everyone is looking for Jimmy to do it. The Heat won game three, we're saying, because of Jimmy. You know what I'm saying? So um, I think he's going to be a huge part of that. Tyler Hero as well. They got to go off rip. They have to start the game hot. AD is going to be very aggressive. I do agree with you on that. As long as he doesn't have any fouls or he's not in early foul trouble, this, this is going to be a grind out. This is going to get it's going to get spooky. Doc River goes to Philly. Mm. I don't understand if this really mm. is going to work. Is, is this effective? Does this make Philadelphia better? Do they keep Ben Simmons and Joel Embiid, or do they get rid of one of them? I think this puts Doc Rivers in a hot seat because they're looking for him to change the complete dynamic of this situation, and I still think that Philly is in a, a weird situation. 
It's one of those types of situations where they have the pieces, but they just can't pull it together. Tobias Harris tends to disappear in the playoffs. I don't know why. Uh, Joel Embiid can't stay healthy. He plays 15 games and he's going for 10, which means he can't catch a rhythm. Ben Simmons is still shooting with his elbows. <laughs> we, we don't know what's going on, but I will say this. If I needed to keep one to keep my dynasty correct and my organization together, I'm going to let Joel Embiid go. And I heard a couple of people chirp. Yeah, I'm going to let him go. And I heard a couple of people chirping and saying that Jimmy, Jimmy Butler and Joel Embiid are pretty cool. So they're already talking Joel Embiid to the heat. That's what I'm hearing. Damn, I ain't going for that one. I'm going to just let you know that. But, okay. But to, to comment on what you're saying as far as Doc Rivers going to the 76 Great coach. Great coach, though. Tremendous Outstanding. coach. Outstanding. And I don't think that they want him to come there and change everything that's already kind of been established. But I think that they want him to be a coach that can really work with these players and help get their talent to the next level. So when you talk about Joel Embiid and Ben Simmons being a duo together, I don't think we've ever questioned how good they can be, especially when you look at the percentages. There's Their win percentage together is 65%. I think it's like you said, the consistency. Joel Embiid is someone who battles a lot of injuries. So his level of consistency and rhythm being out there with Ben Simmons has always wavered. We talk about being in the playoffs and being healthy. That's always been a question mark. Guys like Tobias Harris has struggled to be consistent. I think that's going to be the key element for Doc Rivers to work with. If you can get Tobias Harris to be consistent and work with Joel Embiid and his development, staying healthy, staying focused mentally, not letting the social media world swamp his head at times. And if you can continue to work with Ben Simmons to develop his jump shot. I mean, it doesn't have to be a three ball every, every time, but if you can work on a nice 15-foot, 20-foot jump shot, face up, knock one down, you, you're in the game, and that's progress. And when you see guys like Giannis stepping out and really working on their game and working on their jump shot, it makes things very hopeful for a talent like Ben Simmons, but you have to want to work on it. Joel Embiid, he, it, for me, the, the biggest parts of his game is, is kind of what you said. He doesn't play with his back to the basket enough for me. Joel Embiid is a type of player where we know he gets tired a little bit quicker than other players, I would say, but he'll be dead tired and step up to the three-point line and shoot a three-ball with no legs, and it's an air ball, and then he's looking around like this. It's like, Joel, just stay in the paint. You 7'3", what is he, like 250, 260? Right, more than Yo, that. Joel Embiid needs to take zero three-pointers. None. None. If he's wide open, I guess, but I he, needs to, he needs to be a dominant player in, in the paint. That size, that big man emphasis that we need in the league, I feel like he needs to own that. We don't need Joel Embiid shooting. He needs to own free throw line and in. That's it. That's all I need from him. Threes, leave it to Ben Simmons whenever he wants to work on his shot. Tobias Harris. When, when everybody else but him needs to be shooting threes is my point. And they really messed up by letting J.J. Reddick go, but I guess that's for another day. Well, I disagree. I think... I don't think that he should completely stop shooting threes. Why should he shoot threes? But I do agree with the fact that he should take dominating down low into accommodation a little bit more than he has. When Mm -hmm. you talk about his size and his ability, his footwork, I feel like that's an avenue he should try to 
maneuver to the best of his ability. I mean, over seven foot, over 250 pounds. It's crazy. Especially in a day and age, especially in a day and age where the, the traditional big man is almost extinct. You should yes. Be, you should only, only true big man. Only true big man that we truly see in the game right now, outside of him, I would say is Tell Dwight me who Howard. He is. Dwight Howard, and he's and damn near gone. And so, and 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 obviously, Jokic is in that conversation. But even then, he kind of falls into the same category as Joel, a guy that can play from the perimeter inside. So for Joel Embiid, I think he's going to have to really learn that lane as far as just dominating down low, working on the block, being able to nice. Nice post move drops that punch it on somebody's head. Face up, knock down 15, 20 foot jump shot. We see it, but I think that you should focus more on that and limit the amount of three pointers that he's taking. And you damn sure shouldn't put it in Ben Simmons' hand. I heard you say that. We should not put it in Ben Simmons' hand at all to shoot anything <laughs> until he gets the confidence to knock down a free throw, let alone a three point ball. So, uh, guys like Tobias Harris, like I said, is going to be key elements when you talk about perimeter shooting. Josh Richardson. So those are going to be players that you're going to have to trust if you're a doc to say, you know what, I'm going to need you guys to really work, put in the effort to be perennial perimeter players. And I hope that that's going to be able to work out for the 76ers. You said something key as well before you were talking just now. When we talk about Tobias Harris being the X factor, if those three stay together, in my opinion, you said doc would probably have to work on his role. What do you think Doc Rivers can really do to to put the battery in his back to just get him to average, you know, consistently between, I'm going to say, 16 to 18 points? Uh, the minutes, one. And this is a as in he should get a, more minutes? Yeah, he should. He should definitely be getting more minutes as far as productivity. But I also think that that won't be hard. I mean, Tobias's best performance is one of Tobias's best performing seasons was with the Clippers. Let's not forget, he came from the Clippers. So he has a relationship with Doc Rivers. He understands what he's going to need to do and the expectations of a coach like Doc Rivers opposed to Brent Brown. So I don't question it for a second that Doc Rivers is going to be able to do what he needs to do to get that confidence rolling. I mean, the relationship between your coach and your player is tremendous. So I think that now having Doc Rivers being someone who knows how to nurture and and, and talk to and and really motivate a player like Tobias Harris and what he's going to be able to do for, for the talent like Joel Embiid and Ben Simmons. I, I don't think that this going to be a question at all, but I do think that uh, the clock is ticking on the process and Doc mm. Rivers is going to hopefully be the, the next savior of that because if this doesn't work, they're breaking that up. Oh, yeah. And, and just to touch on what you said real quick, the Tobias Harris that I believe they need is the Tobias Harris from the Orlando Magic. That's when he was a dog. To me, not saying that he's his game has decreased, but that's the type of aggressive that I'm talking about when we, what they need from Tobias Harris, in my opinion. But it's going to be hard to get that Tobias Harris because he was the one man. Like he on was the team. man? Okay. The one man on that team. When now you're the third option on this team, maybe the second at times when Ben Simmons isn't productive or Joel right. is not able to play. But when you're not that guy, the one man, you're not going to – we can't expect one-man numbers from him. Now, do I think it's going to be nights where he's going to be able to do that? Yes. But consistently, no. And I think no. that that's what we're going to have to learn where his consistent role is going to be. And, again, I think between 20 to 22 points a night is not tough for a guy like Tobias Harris who can space the floor Shouldn't be. to the basket and can knock down the three ball. Yeah. All right. Now, when we really look at the NBA as a whole – you know, 
There's there's different players that need to be put in different spots. You know, I'll let you go first on this one. Who do you want to see or who would you like to see move around so that we can see the league be in a different place? Well, a player who I feel like should be in a in a different situation, who's still so talented, who's still so valuable, is DeMar DeRozan down with the San Antonio Spurs. And since leaving the Toronto Raptors, I feel like his numbers have still been great between 20, I think 24 to 25 points a game, him being able to still get to the basket fence aggressively. We've yet to really see the three-point ball develop. He's still one of the best to dominate the mid-range jump shot. Mm -hmm. But I don't think it's cutting it there. And uh, I think I would hate to see this – be a, a talent, not necessarily go to ways, but don't get the credit that I feel he deserves. Uh, so I would love to see him possibly try to do what he can to get out of San Antonio. I know after uh, after this year, he'll be entering into a free agency. Um, so if he chooses to maybe opt out or you know, hopefully can get a trade, I think that that would be a good move for him. But I think DeMar DeRozan is somewhere, is in a space where he he should be somewhere winning. Like based on the work and the energy he's put in in this league, he should be somewhere winning and not to, not to, you know, speculate or anything, but I know uh, people have been talking about Paul George, maybe leaving the Clippers. I wouldn't say that would be a bad move for DeMar. You can get, and go where? If PG decides to leave the Clippers and go elsewhere, I would love to see DeMar DeRozan come play alongside Kawhi Leonard. <laughs> so, so you, so you think DeMar DeRozan and Kawhi Leonard, would work. I do. I mean, why is that far-fetched to think? Everybody thought that Paul George and him would work. Paul George got to the point. No, I, 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 never, I never agreed with that. DeMar DeRozan is talented. I will never Very. take that from him. No, he's, he's, he's talented. But when it comes to DeMar DeRozan, I, I feel like he misses that it factor. He's like, um, when we talked before about how uh, I thought that Kyrie was an elite number two, I think that's what DeMar is, and a, a good number two. Okay, so, I, I, when I, so, so if I say Paul George leave and you go be with Kawhi, who do you think's the one in that situation? I, no, I, I, no, 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 obviously not. I'm saying I understand that Kawhi is the number one, but Kawhi doesn't need DeMar. He needs somebody like – I can't even think off the top of my head who Kawhi Leonard needs, but it's not a DeMar DeRozan. He needs He's not aggressive. Solid, he's, he needs a solid he's not, number two. Someone, it's, someone, it's, bro, someone it's, it's like, like an off-brand Paul George. Come on, you don't need them. We can't wait. We, wait we, we can't. We can't. We can't do. We can't. We're not about to do Demar like that. No, off let's brand, do it. Off-brand Paul George. What is Paul? What 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 does Paul George accomplish? What what championships he got? I mean, what? what it's not even I feel, about. I, I feel like Demar. I feel like Demar Derosa has the same amount of accomplishments as Paul George. He's been able to make. Which is exactly off. why he doesn't need that type of player. You proven my point. Consistency, consistency, consistency. He DeMar consistently DeRozan got kicked consistent. out of the East. Demar Derozan is more consistent as a scorer and being. And one thing I understand about Demar Derozan, Demar Derozan knows his role a lot better than a player like Paul George. Paul George at night. I can agree with you one, on that. Paul George wants to be the the one man one night, but then the next night he want to be the six seventh man. We don't need that. We need Demar Derozan as a player based on the circumstances where he is now being in San Antonio, understands he's the one or two guy when you talk about maybe between him and LaMarcus Aldridge. But when you put him in a situation with another player like Kawhi Leonard, I think he understands that role a lot better than the Paul George. And I understand he's someone, or I would put out there to be able to be more trustworthy down the stretch 
than a player like Paul George. When you talk about getting to the playoffs, I need consistency. I need confidence. And we saw that lack with Paul George. And I think somebody like DeMar DeRozan will give you that spurt and give you that consistency that a team like the Clippers is missing. I'm, I'm not going to give you that. I, I really feel like DeMar DeRozan is a good talent. But there, there's, there's holes in his game when we looked at what he is as a defender as well, too. I, I don't think he, he really accommodates Kawhi that, that well. And the thing about Kawhi, I think, as well, too, is when you look at him as a leader, I feel like the leader has to be more vocal. You know what I'm saying? If he's going to be the guy, which we spoke about before, where we like to throw the leadership title on Melo, Melo just comes in and gives you 30 and, and goes home. He got more, you know, more vocal within Portland. But I just, Kawhi, he's a weird leader. And he doesn't put his team in the best position to win at times. They needed more from Kawhi in this series, and he didn't give it to him. He was just running around, too, in that game, uh, game seven. Running around. But DeMar DeRozan, nah. If I could give, I got to think who about care, it. Who carried them there? No, Kawhi got him there. Okay. He did. So, it's not so, his so, fault. So, I'm so not blaming it So if I get us to the promised land, can I get some help, please? Yes, you can. can I get but some assistance? I, but you can't. You can get assistance, but you can't be running around. Can I and get some assistance? Talented. You know he was. Can I get was. some help, PG, <laughs> Pandemic George? Can I get some help, Lou Will? Can I get some help, Montrez Harrell? Like, well, I'm Lou here. was cooking wings, and Paul George oh, was man. on the side stretching. I don't know. No, my, my, my bad. Paul George is on the side building a new backboard. Exactly. So, <laughs> I mean, I, I would love, but again, that, that's a far-fetched idea either way it goes because DeMar DeRozan is a high-caliber player and he's going to Yeah, they're going to pay him. Yeah, they got to so pay him. I, I, that's a far-fetched idea, but that would have to be, again, him accepting less money and a, and a less role. But I think that he has that mentality. But right now, if he's looking to get traded, he's looking at about $27.7 million on the table. So That's a lot of money. Many, I don't even think there's many teams that can even grab that. Maybe – uh, t- Knicks, maybe the Sorry Pistons. But I love nah, don't Detroit. don't don't, don't send him to together? the Knicks. Can we please. please get it together, Detroit? But again, if we can even get him to Detroit with D Rose, Luke Kennard, stop playing, man. I'm like, look. But my anyway, point is, listen. Let me pick. My, my point person. is, my point is, can we please get Demar Derozan out of San Antonio? Okay, that's fine. I surprised. I'm surprised you didn't say this person, but I'm I'm looking at Devin Booker. It's time. Mm. It's time. Mm. Devin Booker is an elite scorer. We've seen it in him from Kentucky days. That man puts he's, – he's like – he was the version of um, – when I think of T- Devin Booker, I think of Tyler Hero in terms of mm. putting the ball on the floor and being crafty, right? I think Devin Booker is a better player, but I'm talking about their shooting skill and being able to have that versatility to create their own shot. Now, Devin Booker is going to need the bag. Should he stay in Phoenix? Eh, I don't know. I, I like what they've created with, um, yes, Ubre. I like what they've created, you know, and DeAndre Ayton. They have a decent, you know, foundation. But I, I would love to see Devin Booker slide to, you know, a Celtics or something like that. Maybe I'm biased. But to see a Devin Booker and a Jason Tatum and a Jalen Brown. I mean, Kemba probably is going to have to go. But, hey, uh, I, I really Kimba, like Kim, Devin Kimba. Booker. Kimba and Brown would probably have to go for that. I mean, he he that's you that's think elite so? Talent. That's a lot, right? That's elite, elite talent. That's elite. Yeah, it is. And and Devin Booker, he's he's worth it. I think he's worth the money. He's still young. He's ready. He's hungry. And and look at what they did in the bubble. And you know, Hayward they, can't leave him out. Oh, hey, Hayward is on the front. But you know what? Brad Stevens loves him, so he's gonna put in the word to keep him. I think. 
But Devin Booker is my pick. It would be great to see that young man be in a winning situation. Or I'm going to say this. Slide him to Golden State. Mm. <laughs> Slide him to Golden why, State. Why, 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 would, why would they violate Klay Thompson like that? I mean, you you know, you know. Why would they I do mean, that? I mean, hey, you never know. It's a cutthroat league. I never thought we would see Kevin Durant go to a 73 and nine Golden State Warriors team. But I remember on July 4th, a few years ago, we saw that man on the Golden State Warriors. So everything, my good brother, is on the table. So my pick is Devin Booker. That's a good pick, though. I think those are two good picks when you talk about DeMar DeRozan and Devin Booker. They're just so talented and just stuck in such terrible situation as far as being in winning positions. So mm-hmm. hopefully this offseason, after the season is up, uh, these guys going into next year and possibly the year after, they'll be able to put some things in play and find themselves in winning situations because we don't want these these type of talents Mm-mm. just sitting somewhere going no ways because there, there's no way. <laughs> yeah, and just to throw a, a last part on it, your guy DeMar DeRozan, I must say, doesn't look happy in, in San Antonio at all. He's playing basketball, but his aura isn't the same. When he was in Toronto, oh, no. he was happy. Of course, of course he's not happy. You know? he, he, he done went from the as nappy As soon as they throw. leave, they get a ring? Look, he done went as from the nappy As soon as they throw. leave, they get a ring to a clean cut. He not even no, the same move. No, he got the, he got the old dog braids, man. You know what I mean? He done, oh, went, real menace to, he done went real menace to society. Like, just like, it's like I'm here. I'm balling. I'm doing what I need to do. Don't talk to me. I'm just playing ball. I'm, I'm here to play ball. And... I could commend that, but it, it, I know it feels so It doesn't fit him. Playing. Yeah. When you're playing ball and you're winning, it feels so much better. You feel so much better about yourself, so much confidence. And, again, mm-hmm. I know that it hurts him and eats at him a lot for the, the part ways with him and him going to Toronto and the Raptors get Kawhi and they win a championship. I know that I know that that's some type of uh, anger and or maybe animosity, but, you know, his, his talent speaks for itself. And I just hope that he can find himself in a successful situation. Him and D-Book. Now we push to, you know, one of our favorite, favorite parts of the show. Tell me what's on your mind. You know, this, this is where we touch on everything. You know, a little bit of this and a little bit of that. Jalen Ramsey and Golden Tate end up throwing bows. Not to mention the way that Jalen Ramsey suplexed Golden Tate. Mm. A few days ago. Now, now, when I talk to my good brother, Troy, I hear there's some backstory to this. Can you please enlighten us? Well, well I have to acknowledge the hit that Jalen Ramsey delivered. Oh, yeah, that was that eight. was filthy. Yeah, it it, it kind of it reminded me of the days when we used to play out in the backyard or the front yard and we play pick them <laughs> up, mess them up. You know what I mean? You remember oh, that's, up, that's the name up, of the like, game? Hey, pick them up, mess them up. You just, oh, you think, oh, you think you off? You think you lose? Come here. Huh. Put them on their back. And that's what we saw the other night. But oh, yeah. when you talk about this feud between Jalen Ramsey and Golden Tate, it gets a little deeper than, than what has happened on the field. And as we know, or as we may not know, Jalen Ramsey uh, actually dated Golden Tate's sister and has two children with uh, Tate's sister. And since then, they have parted ways. And from my understanding, the parting ways was not uh, – the best situation, I guess, not the most respectful situation. And Golden Tate felt some type of way about that. And he's made it clear that when he saw Jalen Ramsey again, that it was going to be smoke. (laughs) He made it very clear it was going to be smoke. And um, based on the game, I feel like Jalen Ramsey got the best of that debate. 
But afterwards, it, it kind of boiled over, and we saw these guys really go to throwing blows with each other after the game and really getting in the scuffle. We ended up at the bottom of the pile where teams is now hoorahing, and it, it's a melee at this point. Um, but again, I mean, when the issue comes, when the issue goes from off the field to on the field, I think you mix in a business with pleasure, and we have to we have to understand that this is a business, you know, and. Obviously, Golden Tate, he's going to ride for his family. He's going to represent. You disrespect my sister. I mean, I got something to say about that. And Ramsey, he's a man. He's going to stand his own ground. And when you got two strong, hard-nosed men, especially combined with the game of football, I mean, it's what you're going to see. So, they go, they go, and they got to it. So, so I think uh, <laughs> Golden Tate was a man of his word, and I think Jalen Ramsey was a man of his performance. So, uh Hopefully these guys can put these things in the past. But, again, when you talk about families getting involved, you never know what, what type of emotions that's going to bring out of a player. And first, uh, secondly, I must say, when I saw Jalen Ramsey hit Golden Tate like that, that's exactly why I've never put on a helmet and some shoulder pads. <laughs> <laughs> because every, every time I see something like that, it's just scary. One of the craziest things that comes to my mind when I think about hits is Reggie Bush. When he was mm. on the Saints, I forgot who it was. It was somebody on the Eagles, but they changed his life forever. Mm. You know what I'm saying? So when I think about and I see those type of hits, that lets me know that I played the right sport. Basketball is the perfect amount of contact for me. I, I went to, I called myself trying out for the Southfield Falcons when I was <laughs> 10 or 11. And I remember going to the first practice. Hey, you got the special. I thought I, thought I want to be a wide receiver. I'm like, let me line up. You no, know, I go to line up, get off the line, break the defender down, come across the middle. I'm so happy. I'm open. I ain't even looking. You changed else. your life. Look, I catch that ball, man. One of them dudes came and delivered a Ray Lewis blow. Uh, <laughs> I, I, did, I did fumble. As of course, well. you did. <laughs> so, and, and and that was my last football practice in my life. So I mean, yeah, I, that's I it. In these, I commend these guys who go out there and put their blood, sweat, and tears on that field because a guy like me, I don't need to be getting hit and bumped and bruised like that. That ain't mm-hmm. me. I love to watch it, but I, that ain't me. Man, Jalen Ramsey, Golden Tate, man, try to keep it on the field, but we know as men, we don't tolerate disrespect very well, especially within our gender. So, man, y'all, y'all just try to figure out the, the best way to handle that because as, as me and T. Rose are here, we both don't know every part of the story, but there's, there's always three sides, both sides and, and the truth. You know what I mean? So, man, y'all hold it down. Now, my boy, Dame Dollar, y'all put respect on his name, man. He opened the Damian Lillard Toyota dealership out there in Oregon. He launched a partnership with Brian Sanders and his family. You know, I, I think that this is great for Dame because he's just showing, I think this is a good part for his image you know, to show that he cares about his community. He, he's doing things within Oregon and he's all in. And, um, you know, it's, it's a good investment for him. He's servicing people, you know. You got the clowns on the side that I say Toyota, but I mean, it's an investment. He's helping the people within, within the Oregon community. And um, I, I think it's dope. Hats off to him. And, and, and a quick another shout out to him when he dropped those Buzz Lightyear sneakers a few days ago. I thought that those were great. I was mad you you dropped them in only kid sizes because I really wanted a pair. But um, huge shout out to Dame Dollar, man. You gotta you gotta make your money work for you. Big, big respect, and I think again, this this goes past just basketball. When it, with, with a name like Dame Dollar, it go it just goes past basketball, and he's putting his money 
where his mouth is and, and he's doing what he needs to do for the community. And I just commend guys who, who really put in that effort to help people outside of the sport that they play. And I think mm-hmm. that Dame Lillard just become a testament. And he, he, he has so much love for the Portland, Oregon area. You know, he's very connected and very tied in and has made it clear that this is some place he wants to be for life. So it doesn't surprise me at all that he's willing to do what he can to put back into the community. And this is just a start, you know, with, with, with deals like this. So I'm sure the community's happy. And most importantly, I know Toyota's happy. <laughs> Absolutely. Man, so so when we really look into the talk of the towns, it looks like LaMelo Ball is working out in Detroit, Michigan. Detroit what? Detroit, Michigan. Okay. You know, with, with Jermaine Jackson, Troy's very excited because, you know, anything that gets close to Detroit, he thinks that means that the Pistons are going to get better. And at this point, I mean, all you guys have is D-Rose and Blake Griffin. Y'all just need any help that you guys can get. And no disrespect to D-Rose and Blake Griffin, but y'all need help. So are you excited because he's working out there? I mean, does that really do something for you? I mean, obviously nothing set in stone, but just just that talent and and that that, that career. In that atmosphere, just that you know that it's there. From from a player like LaMelo Ball, uh, I'm, I'm more than ecstatic. And again, him being with a guy like Jermaine Jackson. Jermaine Jackson is a Detroit native. He's very familiar with the area and the organization. So, I mean, it, it brings a little hope, of course. So I definitely would love to see someone as talented as LaMelo Ball suit up in the Detroit Pistons uniform, but I don't want to get my hopes and expectations up to be let down. So just this little this little bite of, you know, hearing <laughs> that he's in town and he's working out, I'm just hoping that he's also getting familiar with the organization. So uh, we'll have to see how that works out. You hoping he's sending out emails? Emails, transcripts, uh, posters, <laughs> whatever, man. We we need something. Y'all need, we need something. something. We need and and we and we have it. We can't. I can't sleep on Derrick Rose. He's still one of the best players that we've seen in the league as far as being able to produce coming off the bench. But again, we know how talented he could be as a starter. Blake Griffin. He's battled some injuries. Hasn't really been himself over the last yeah, year. So so I think. Uh, we got rid of Drummond. We got rid of Reggie Jackson. So right now, I think we're kind of back to the building block. And uh, someone as talented as LaMelo Ball would definitely be some fresh eyes to put on Detroit and hopefully bring some players alongside. So uh, we'll just have to see how that works out as far as the draft goes. Yeah, no, I feel that. But uh, I, I don't know if you saw or if you've been on uh, social media. I know uh, the, the Seahawks had a big day on Sunday, you know, some Sunday night football. And, okay. and, and their, top, their, their top safety was at home who was not playing. You know, Jamal Adams was at home with his, with his helmet on, taking pictures, rooting for his team. Okay. But in one, but, but in one of the pictures, I, um, I looked in the back. And I and I saw something sitting in the ashtray, and I don't want to speculate or anything, but uh, was it a cigarette? I, I I don't think a, a player of his stature would, would be smoking cigarettes. I mean, from from my eyes, and obviously I've seen and been around enough myself, it 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 kind of looked like a little a little spliff in, in the a ashtray. Bleasy? It looked like a bleasy. <laughs> I can't lie to you, dog. I'm gonna be one thousand. It Not looked like bleasy. a bleasy. You know, and, and obviously the picture was quickly taken down. So I okay. think that in that, it kind of made my speculation seem maybe a little true. Yeah, it was so, definitely uh, a blazer there. What, what do you think about players that are in the league that, that still performs medicinal acts even when uh, the sport is in season? I mean, what, what do you think? Of, 
think of that in your article? Do you think there'll be any possible consequences for this? Well, for every action is a reaction. One, two people use marijuana for different purposes. You know, I, I've heard, you know, a few athletes, i.e. Matt Barnes, Steven Jackson talk about, you know, why they needed it during the season. You know, a lot of these athletes are going through different things off of the field. Some of them may need it for medical purposes. I don't think it's a bad thing. They just have to, you know, I, I think it's best that they tread lightly. And when I say tread lightly, don't smoke as much, if, if not needed, you know, because your body needs to be in tip-top shape during the season. And um, I would say that should be more so like a recreational activity off-season, you know, when, when the season isn't going on. And if you have to do it during the season, within measure, you know, I, I don't think they should be excessive with it. So that's, that's really where I stand on it. Because I've never been in a position where I needed it like that. And that's a hands-on sport, heavy contact, you know, somebody's knees, shoulders, neck may be killing them. You know, so they may need it. So I, I think they just have to tread lightly when I really think about that. And the way that uh, marijuana is just becoming so universal now. Yeah, and, that is well, too. Legal, yeah, it's, it's coming well diverse. And it, it's almost kind of not even looked at as something that could be harmful. So, but I think when you talk about a sport like football, everyone does have their specific reasons that they utilize marijuana and their own purpose. And for him, I think it's a bad look when obviously <laughs> you're not you're not there with your team to support, but you're at home with your helmet on with a bleasy in the ashtray. Yeah. I don't think that's, that's a little wild. But again, I also feel like everyone has it for their own reasons. But yeah. most importantly, I feel like if you're gonna do it, do it on your own time. It should never be advertised for the world unless mm -hmm. you're getting paid for it. And if not, then you know what you do behind closed doors, that's your business. But when it's out there for the WWW, it's out there for the World Wide Web. So People are going to judge and people are going to say what they want to say. Yeah, that, that kind of stems back to when we were talking in the beginning of the pod. We we just want Bronny to be safe. And, you know, it's it's a huge sense of discretion when the lights are always on you. We, we're nobody to tell him that he can't do it, but we can encourage him not to record himself doing it Correct. because now there's a consequence for it, right? And, and, and no matter how quick you take it down, once it hits, that screenshot is undefeated. Just in case anybody is unsure about that, that screenshot or for the people that really want to get you that screen record. So no, no matter how quick you put it up, I have you right here and, and all I got to do is send it and it's game time from there. So that, that's really where I stand on, on terms of that. Yeah, man. Just you know, do what you, what you do behind closed doors. Keep it that it's way. It's on man. you. But, yeah. but uh, that's definitely a failed drug test. But we'll move forward here <laughs> as we talk about uh, the Texans firing Firing Bill O'Brien, the head coach and general manager. And I know that that's a, uh, that's a tough blow for the Texans, a team who's struggling to even win a game this season. They're 0-4. Um, I think that it's, it's a tough position to be in when you're a head coach and a general manager because you're one person with two jobs. And I feel right. like one of those are not going to get your undivided attention. So I think that's always been a tough aspect. And, I, again, you know, we've kind of seen some, some not – advised decisions you know the Texans have made by giving up their top receiver and uh, DeAndre Hopkins I know they had two of their first round picks sitting down in Florida chilling on payroll so I think that uh when situations go bad for the team most importantly we all know the head coach or the GM is always the first one to go especially when you just paid your top player Deshaun Watson your quarterback 160 plus million dollar extension I mean you want to mm -hmm. see wins and for him to get that type of money 
but then lose his top receiver, a player that he's formed such a strong chemistry with, not just with the Texans, but in college. These are two players that come from Clemson. So this was a report that had been established for years. And to break that up, and obviously for Hopkins, I'm sure that that's a great situation for him now in, a, in Arizona playing with Kyler Murray. But for, uh, for Deshaun Watson, it's, it's been a tough situation, and they've struggled to win. And uh, now they have to get back to the drawing board and figure out who's going to be the next one in charge, but whoever it is, I think that it should come first with a GM getting hired and then a GM hiring a coach. We don't need to see another situation where it's one guy running two shows. The thing for me that really stands out with, with the Texans starting 0-4, that's tough in football because they don't have that many games to play. So they're already in the hole. You know what I mean? And when we look at Deshaun Watson, uh, I even looked up his contract and, and his contract is really close to Pat Mahomes when they break it down because I believe Deshaun Watson's contract is for like four or five years, right? So they're both really close to 40 mil per year almost. Deshaun Watson is the leader of this team and he just has to do better. I know it's tough on his end, you know, having to manage everything that he has to do. But, you know, like you said, the head coach is always going to take the heat when it comes down to this situation. And Guess the Texans just have to really rebuild from here and just try to do their best to be in a in a winning situation or at least be able to make like a wild card game or something like that. Because if they can't at least get into that, then they're not gonna make the playoffs. Second half of the season, they almost have to go undefeated. Yeah, yeah undefeated, and that's the toughest part to it. Zero and four. If they can't do that, then it's gonna be a long road. But for someone like Deshaun Watson, who's very talented, talented, very, very talented and driven. I'm sure that he's going to do what he can to keep performing well. But when you take away my key, my key component in DeAndre Hopkins, DeAndre Hopkins, you leave me out here kind of dry. And obviously the offensive line has not been the best that we've seen them be. And guys like J.J. Watt, he's kind of dealt with his injuries and, you know, him trying to get back to 100%. So, I mean, we kind of seen a team like the Houston Texans, Houston Texans literally go from one of the top teams in the league to now we don't know if they're even going to, be a playoff contending team over the next couple of years, just in that in that quick of a time. So hopefully with getting back to the drawing board and strong with the GM and potentially a coach, they'll start to be able to build some building blocks and they'll be able to get to being that top tier team like they once were. Man, speaking of Deshaun Watson, I'm not trying to be too mixy or anything like that, but um, DeJounte Murray's ex-girl is, <laughs> is Deshaun Watson's new girl. And I yes. must say, <laughs> she, oh, man. she's it's, a beautiful a lot of, young lady. She's a beautiful a young this, lady. <laughs> it's a lot of this sharing going on, man. Like, like you I'm said, Kyle Kuzma and Tyler Hero. Yeah, wasn't it Kyle Kuzma and Tyler Hero? Yeah, like, there's Listen, a lot of sharing man, going on. It's, it's sharing. It's a tough industry. You know what I'm saying? And we're grown about it. I just wanted to throw a shout out to Deshaun Watson because you have a beautiful young lady. That's what I was saying. You know. I mean, yeah, I understand. It's tough. She she yeah. went from a she one went thing, from a rookie have... contract to that contract. I'm just saying. And one thing you gotta understand is every everybody has a past. You know what I, I mean? Everybody's and, been and with, it's, it's no everybody's been with somebody. That, I'm good with that. I was just saying. I see Deshaun Watson doing his thing. That's all I'm saying. He the man in football. He got something nice on his arm. He's the man in Houston, which Houston is very economical. I can only imagine what his crib. Houston is what? Now you get a little three. And he, and he in there, he in there like he in there like tray off boys in the hood with this record Ooh. he got. 
and air punches, frustrated, <laughs> mad. So yeah, we love that they the property values down and all that, but the Texans need to get some damn wins. They do. Now, prime time is officially in Mississippi. Deion Sanders takes the head coaching position at Jackson State University. For all my viewers that don't know, that is a HBCU, Historical Black College or University. This is huge for our community. This is a great thing. And I even heard and read that he extended a scholarship to his son. This is a beautiful thing. And when I think about Deion Sanders. Keeping it, keeping it in the family. In the family. That's what it's about. So when you take care of your own like that, take care of your community. It just, he just, he's going to continue to build the program. Now the lights are on him because everyone is what? Expecting him to win. But people that know sports, it takes time to build a program. You know what I'm saying? So he's going to have to put Jackson State in, in the right position, a winning position. But this is great because who other, I mean, he played two professional sports at one time. Who else is ready for the job besides him? You know, and, and it's great because we're also seeing, you know, a couple of tweets, which I saw as well, that Chad Johnson, or Ocho Cinco, I should say, he said that he will be a wide receiver coach for FAMU. He's been saying this since 2012. So when we look at these types of superstars that are stepping into situations, he said God put him here. He's looking to put his community on the map. We ask why these programs aren't in winning positions, and hopefully Deion Sanders can bring NFL attention to Jackson State, bring all of the attention that they need so that they are an elite program. And it's great. So it's, it's going to be a great – Mississippi is going to be jumping this year for sure. One thing I'm not worried about with, with the – with a Hall of Famer, just a true, just know how to handle himself, know how to take care of business, man like Deion Sanders is, he's going to get some talent to come to Jacksonville. Oh, yeah. I'm not worried Absolutely. He's going to get some high-power elite coaches to come join him. I'm not worried about that. So, like you say, when, when, you, when you inherit a program that's not necessarily been good over the last handful of years to decade, I mean, expectations are going to kind of be low. But when you come in with a name like Deion Sanders, people are going to expect a lot. And Deion Sanders is a guy who doesn't like to disappoint, as we know, whether it be him playing, mm -hmm. whether it be him being an analyst, whether it be him an entrepreneur, whatever it is, now him being a coach, he's not going to disappoint. And I'm very excited to see what he's going to do for Jackson State. And I love, love, love how he's repping for the HBCUs, man. Yeah, it's, it's a beautiful thing. <laughs> and he, he told Stephen A the other day that he's not stopping. He's going to have a podcast. He's going to keep everything rolling. So that, that's what you have to love about him the most is that nothing's going to stop. It's gonna, he's just going to get better with time. And that's what he's going to teach his, his students, his players. They're going to teach them how to be Class A athletes. And that's exactly right. what they need. And who better to learn from than Primetime himself? <laughs> the Dirty Bird. <laughs> Mr. Dirty Bird himself. Stop playing with him. I'm excited to see what he's about to do down there in Jackson. Man, so I, I see you got this hoodie on. Who created that? What's, what's, what's that about? As you can see, man, I'm rocking my, my, my dream and forward hoodie. You know, just representing for the family. My cousin, Tion. Uh, Tion Moore has started a brand. Shout out to and Tion. I, and I think, I think it's big. I mean, I kind of feel like it, it's what I'm doing. I'm, I'm, I'm dreaming forward. I'm trying to make my dreams happen. I'm trying to continue to push forward. And most importantly, I'm representing for my family. So always got to represent. And I want to give another shout out to 
you know, in these last two weeks, things have, you know, been up, been down. And uh, when they're up, it's always amazing. But when they're down, it hurts. And, you know, I lost my stepfather, Big Stace, Stacy Patterson, my great grandmother, who I rave about and think is so amazing, Miss Mary Bell Hicks, who lived to be 103 years old. Uh, she passed away the same week. And I just want to send my love and my condolences to the family. I'm going to be there this weekend to represent and be at the funeral for my great-grandmother. So, you know, I just want to send some love to them and let them, you know, know that I'm doing what I can to keep them proud. Yeah, man. B- big shout-out to to the Rose family, man. Um, it, was, it was just a sad thing for you, you know, to tell me about as well. That's You, you never want to see anybody go through something like that. And uh, you forgot to tell everybody as well. She was almost going to be like one of the oldest people to ever live in Michigan. So that that was 103. Yeah, 103. That's it's it's a celebration as well, too, you know, because a lot of people don't even get to live to see a hundred years old. So um tough time, but it's it's still a celebration as well, uh, for you and your family, man. So keep your head and uh wishing the Rose family the best. You know, and we appreciate you, my good brother. Absolutely, man. Well, listen, we always appreciate you guys for tuning in. This is the best place for you guys to believe in. Rob Bruin, T Rose. We're on all streaming podcast platforms. So we do it all the time. We tell you guys to pick your poison. Enjoy you guys' day. We love for you guys to comment, like, and subscribe so we can get some feedback. We even please. have a new please, we even have a new segment coming to the show as well called Fan Talk. It's gonna be about, you know, everybody that's a fan of any sport that we're talking about, which we're really just mainly focusing on basketball and we'll touch on football from time to time, but we want you guys feedback. So we'll have you on the show for five to seven minutes and we would love to hear the pros and the cons of your teams and your perspectives. Come join us. Be Come join us and be a believer with us, man. It's always good to have support and love, but it's also great to hear the fan perspective as well. We know we get up here and talk and ramble and, and say our spiel, but it's always good to get that, the outside input so we're looking forward to adding that segment to the show and doing what we need to do to keep you guys happy here on India Hospital. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. So, you've got an idea for a business. The store of your dreams. There's just one thing to figure out. Everything. That's why Shopify's all-in-one commerce platform makes it easy to sell online, in person, and everywhere else. Sell on social media, source products with an app to get that first sale feeling. It's the only solution that gives you everything you need to sell everywhere you want. So when you're ready to bring your idea to life, power it up with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash listen. 